In high school, I was a part of the statewide Ohio Association of Student Councils. Um, every year hosts a, among other events, hosts a state conference. And each year the state conference is hosted at a different school that is a part of the association. I mean, we had speakers come and we had like activities for everybody. And, and I led the planning for that and had no idea I wanted to go into events. Honestly, at that time, when I thought of an event planner, I honestly could only like think of wedding planners because that's the only thing you kind of like hear about or see on television or anything. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, have you, let me ask you this. Have you uh, done a lot of interviews or podcasts before? Um, we run a podcast through my company, Pattern. I don't own the company. For the company, I work for <laughs> Pattern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I haven't actually done the interviewing, but I have sat on the back end of a lot. Oh, that's cool. And I've done a couple of panels as the panelist, but I have never been in a podcast before. Well, welcome. I'm super glad that I'm the first uh, oh. to interview you on a podcast. Uh, you said you've been on a couple panels. What uh, What's your favorite question to talk about when you're on a panel? I'm assuming a lot of them are for events, but what's your favorite question to talk about? Yeah. Um, so I was on a panel with Silicon Slips for events oh. last year, and I can't remember exactly how it was worded, but it was something like what's something surprising that you would say like from an advice <laughs> perspective for events and my answer was that you can always quit <laughs> so, and i know that that sounds kind of shocking and isn't what i think most people expect when they hear that question but what i mean by that is that there are so many different realms of events that you can go into from a business perspective and it's scary sometimes because they can cost a lot of money or they take a lot of time or things like that. But our kind of thought process that pattern is that you don't have to do the event again. Like you might as well try it and see how it goes because if you don't try it, you're never gonna know, right? And we'll be like, well, maybe I just missed out on a ton of ROI that I had no idea existed or maybe that particular event style doesn't fit with the audience that we're looking for. So I would say my biggest advice with that question is to just go for it and invest in the events and invest in your people. And if it works, that's incredible. And then you can grow it and continue. And if it doesn't work, you can always quit. Yeah, I I love that because it's it's a very counterintuitive way to approach any problem, <laughs> but I think it's a great way to do it. Like. Um, just to kind of riff on that a little bit, my, one of my favorite quotes um, is like expected. And I love the stoic philosophy. I like to plug real quick that I, I was in stoicism before it was cool and mainstream, but one of the things is like, you know, one of the tenets of stoicism is um, expected, but like you, you kind of expect everything to go wrong. Yeah. Right. And so when it does go wrong, you're like, ah, I kind of knew that. But, but then the question of like whether or not you should do something changes from like, uh, what if it doesn't work to like, what if it does work, yeah. and which is kind of what I think what you're talking about, right? Like, uh, like what if it doesn't work? Like, ah, then we quit. <laughs> yeah. But like, what if, but you know, but in the words of Emily, it's like, but what if it does work? 
yeah and this ends up being a huge hit yeah Might as well. exactly you're just yeah. not you're never you're never gonna know <laughs> you never know so you might as well just try it and see how it goes and a lot of times i think the unexpected things happen and even if um i think some people's perspective you might say like wow we didn't actually close a lot of deals from that event but then i'd ask okay how are you measuring the success of that besides closed deals because did you make a relationship or connection that you didn't have before that event because you got somebody at the table to like open a door to a new prospect or somebody that trusts your company and brand just a little bit more because you were able to have a face-to-face conversation with them. Five people at the table is still adding a lot of value, whether it wasn't like 10 people that brought in close deals, you know, there's still success in all of the different parts of it. So it's just kind of measuring what the success means for your company and if it was worth it or not. I love that. There's two questions I want to ask you. One, I was just going to kind of go into your history, but real quick, before I do that, what do you think? I mean, I'm, cause I'm assuming I did a little bit of research. I'm assuming, um, at this point, I, I think everybody's in sales, but, but it sounds like you haven't had like formal, like you've never been in a formal sales role. Is that fair to say, or have you? That's fair to say, uh, okay. um, in our current role, I would say that our marketing and sales organizations are actually really close in some yeah. Companies, I know they kind of can fight against each other and have different opinions, but um, we try and have really aligned goals and we work really closely with our sales organization on like what they think makes sense and Mm. how they would like Mm. to adjust things and kind of bounce those ideas back and forth. But you're right. I have Mm. not been (laughs) unless you count waitressing. Hey, that counts. But, but no. And the reason I asked that question was just because I, I want to get your perspective because, you know, I, I'm a sales person. I, I deal with a lot of salespeople every day and it's always unique. I, I think there's a lot of value that, that non-traditional salespeople can bring into the sales role. So that's kind of why I led with that. Because my question is, how do you, when people think of events, there's always like an ulterior motive right? Which is maybe it's sales or, or something. What do you think the goal of an event should be from a, from like a non traditional salesperson's perspective? Because like, you know, somebody comes up to you, Emily, and they're like, well, we want to throw an event. And you're like, cool. What do you want to do? And they're like, we want to make a million dollars and with sales. Right. And you're like, well, <laughs> but I'm curious to hear your perspective on w- what that is. Yeah. Obviously the first answer would be the sales perspective. Like we yeah. want to make money and close deals in some way aside from that from an outside of sales or more of a marketing ploy i would say the goal of an event is to build relationships and trust with your prospects and to add value to their lives so there are events that you can like we're gonna have a dinner and we would like you to come to the dinner and hear our sales pitch but you're asking the people to like step outside of their work hours to leave their family to come and hear sales pitch and eat food that like may or may not even be good food right (laughs) so when you look at that like we don't want to just be asking of these people we want to Mm -hmm. be giving value to them as well so i would say yeah building relationships but also making sure that the events that you're hosting are adding intrinsic value to the guests that you're having there okay let's talk about value you guys have Uh, th- is this your second year doing Accelerate? Yes. Okay, wonderful. Yeah, uh, Jessica Alba's coming. Jessica Alba's coming, yeah. That's going to be and so Michael fun. Phelps and his wife, Nicole. 
<laughs> wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay. Well, we got to talk about that because that'll be really fun. Uh, and obviously promote Accelerate um, sure. because that'll be a really amazing event. Um, that's May, right? May 10th and 11th? Yes. Okay. Perfect. So let me ask you this. You brought up, you, you know, you brought up value and like adding intrinsic value and that how that should be one of the, the places to start when you're planning an event. What, um, how do you gauge what like is valuable to somebody? And I guess maybe, maybe that's kind of like, you know, you so accelerates like an e-commerce thing. So what would e-com people value or whatever, but but how do you gauge like what, you know, some people would value over, over something else? I would say something that people would value would be something that they didn't have access to before. So if I am giving somebody Mm. access to something, whether that is thought leadership that they wouldn't have heard otherwise, seeing Jessica Alba on stage, for instance. But aside from that, just like if when we have smaller events, we do like overnight forums with potential brands that Pattern wants to work with. At these forums, we have thought leaders from each aspect of the kind of e-commerce realm where we have experts at Pattern and the information that they can give because they have an inside look at Amazon or how to grow a brand or advertising or anything is likely information that the people that are coming didn't have access to before. So I would say information and thought leadership is a large value to add. And then aside from that, I would say experiences. So having an experience at an event not only allows people to like build a relationship because you experience something cool together, like driving race cars, for instance, there's extensive <laughs> and less expensive versions of that experience realm. Um, right. But yeah, I would say giving them access to like people they don't have access to or experiences that they maybe wouldn't have wanted to like pay for or thought about experiencing on their own but when the opportunity is given to none then they're like oh that's a valuable enough reason for me to like leave my home and family to hang out with (laughs) (laughs) yeah i like that i thought you said something really cool about value a way that i'd never thought of um the first thing you said was you know access to like insider views or like something that you wouldn't normally get like something you wouldn't normally have access to. And I thought that that was a really great way to put value because as a salesperson, right, we have to kind of dig that value out of people with a lot of questions because it's very, you know, I say like value is like beauty. It's in the eye of the beholder, right? Like you, you know, what's valuable to me isn't necessarily, but when you're, when you're kind of like, you know, niching down and and you're going into like e-com, a lot of people would, would love that value um how do you gauge maybe all right so you know you got accelerate coming up you got ecom how do you how do you gauge what type of person can bring that value and and if they would resonate with an audience yeah um i think that making sure that people that are speaking are in the peer group or higher of the attendees So we really shoot for, with Accelerate, we want, it's an e-commerce wide, industry wide event. We want most of the attendees there to be in leadership roles. So over 50% of the people that were there last year were in a VP or higher role. Mm -hmm. So when we're thinking about that, we don't necessarily want to have speakers come that are like lower than that role because there's just in more of the level of 
respect and value add i think when you're hearing from somebody that's like also owns a company also this like large team also is making these huge huge decisions on like how to move forward with their brand um so i think that's your question (laughs) i think so i think so I, i like that because and i think for me it's like a credibility thing yeah. You know, it's like you want you want to hear from somebody who's kind of in the trenches, who's done it, who's kind of who's gone through it. Or just um, insider knowledge in general. So yeah. Amazon is a couple of different entities of Amazon are title yeah. sponsors of the event this year. Oh, so cool. a lot of people from a brand perspective <laughs> never can get Amazon on the phone. They'll they'll never they'll yeah. talk to a live person about their brand <laughs> on Amazon once a year maybe you know that's not everybody's experience but that is a really common experience so when we're saying hey we're gonna have four different amazon entities here and you have the ability to like request meetings with them visit their booth and talk to them in real life that's a value at like somebody just doesn't have in their normal like day-to-day in their role so i think that's a good example of giving somebody something (laughs) that they don't have access to that we can offer them. Yeah. I like that now. Okay. This is a general question has nothing to do with <laughs> people okay. specifically, but you've been in events long enough. I think I just, I'm just curious, right? So you have like, um, you have celebrities coming uh-huh. to the, to the event. Right. And I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about that and here, yeah. and I'll give you kind of my thing because it's like, you have a celebrity and like I said, this has nothing to do with anybody in particular. It's just like the, the overarching theme of like, well, yeah, so-and-so celebrity yeah. made a big company. If I was in a big box office movie, I probably could have done that too. And then you have the flip side. Well, this like, but these, you know, but I've met enough celebrities to know that their actually, their business acumen is actually incredibly uh, deep and like yeah. they're very intelligent business people. And I know a lot of celebrities want to break away from, like the popularity and like really dig into business. So you kind of see both of those sides, right? Like you kind of have the cynics <laughs> who are like, well, yeah, if I was in XYZ name that movie, I could run a multi-billion dollar e-com too. Mm-hmm. But, but there is also like, it's, but that e-com world I know from experience and, and talking with people also isn't dummy proof, right? Like it doesn't really matter how much money you have if you don't do it right. And so I'm kind of curious of how you balance uh, finding the right, you know, cause you guys have had celebrities in the past and things like that, how you balance like, you know, celebrities who actually know what they're talking about versus like yeah. maybe just a, a clout chasing celebrity. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is incredible about, I will talk about, I know you said it's not about a particular person, but I will talk yeah. about Kristen Bell for a moment. Okay. She, so not only does she have this huge brand, Telebello, mm-hmm. her and Doc's, her husband created the brand because they cared about creating an affordable high quality brand for families and i think a lot of celebrities kind of like you were saying can spend a bunch of money and start this brand and then really they don't really have to do anything with it if they don't want to and it'll probably still be pretty successful because it's their brand kristen bell is like making decisions on the ground with her teams there she knows the information and she actually like really cares about growing the brand and i think when you get down to it it doesn't matter how big the brand is or how much money you have it's about like the people behind (laughs) it and how much they care about putting like their time and energy into making something great 
And mm. if she can come to the stage or um, Jessica Alba can come to the stage and talk about this huge brand that they have, but talk about it in a way that can help anybody that's a leader at a brand and right. really get down into like, why, why does this brand matter? Why does it matter to the consumer? Why does it matter to me to even like care about it as the person that started it? Cause I don't have yeah. to, I can just pay somebody else to do it, but they right. do care about it. And I think that that is kind of what makes the difference of bringing them to the table is that the information that they're sharing is information that can be taken from anybody that's in that like leadership role or trying to grow a brand that they have information that's good for the entire audience and not just the ones with a ton of money. <laughs> right. Well, and that, cause see, that would be my thing is like, and obviously like there's good people, like just because you're a celebrity doesn't mean you're X, Y, Z. Um, but you know, I feel like there's sometimes that disconnect, like, yeah, well, I mean, if I, if I, you know, money doesn't solve every problem, but it certainly makes some problems easier to solve. It does for right? sure. <laughs> <laughs> so like, you know, but if you, but I like that, I like that you mentioned like, you know, in your example that, Kristen Bell is on the ground floor and a lot of the decisions. Right. And, and now the cool thing, you know, that I've also learned about celebrities and I've met enough to kind of gauge that like, and enough wealthy people to know, like they're, they don't keep, you know, they don't uh, keep their money because they're stupid with it. Right. Like they do make very educated decisions. And so I think it's always just fun to kind of balance those. Right. Because you can get some people who are like, you know, uh, so you kind of get like the down to earth business celebrities who are like, no, I, we made, when we made this decision, like, because yeah, because you know, you have another thought process. It's like, just because a, a million dollars would solve this problem doesn't mean it's the best way to solve this problem or mm-hmm. like a sustainable way to solve the problem. Yeah. And so when you look at it from that perspective, you can get a lot of like really, really helpful info. That, yeah. Like if I, you know, and then, and then it's kind of like that, that thing that like, you know, if I can do it this way you know, even though I have this, like you can, you don't need this because we did it this way. And so when you can have a a celebrity or, or whoever insert really wealthy, famous, whatever here, um, kind of level with people, I think that's a really cool experience. And I think that's why Accelerate did so well last year. It wasn't Neil Patel there last year. Yeah, he was. And he'll be there again this year. This year um, running. So there were standing room only in his room wow. last year. Yeah, yeah. This yeah, year yeah, we're yeah. in a new space. We moved from the Grand America to the Salt Palace. So the breakout rooms are a lot larger. Um, but Neil Patel is also running. Let me clarify. Yeah. Neil Patel himself as a human being is not running the lunch and learn session. He will be yes. speaking on stage, but we'll be doing a lunch and learn session. Uh, that will have uh, 50 people maximum in it wow. and really working with Neil Patel's team just like on stage last wow. year he kind of just like took a branch from the audience and riffed on it and was like okay yeah. this is what I would do for you and so it's an experience for um, that kind of smaller amount of people to wow. get in a room with his team and just like hear for free yeah. <laughs> yeah. on um, what they can do with their specific brand to grow. So that's very cool. Well, what's cool. I knew that Neil Patel, I didn't go, I didn't go last year, but what's cool about Neil Patel though, is uh, he's a big, um, I actually landed a couple. There's two podcast deals that I landed because they went to accelerate and yeah. Neil Patel talked about how important podcasting was. 
I, I, again, I wasn't there, but, but I was like, but I was like, yeah, absolutely. And then I, I would riff on the podcasting thing and I got two deals from it because he was like, these brands were like, yeah, how do we do that? And I'm like, well, I can help you. So it's just fun. But it's funny because like, uh, you get that kind of really cool, you know, even, and this is what I like about events is it doesn't just help like, um, it, it helps the community when you do that, those kinds of things, because people's eyes start getting, it's kind of like, you know, like my wife gets mad at me all the time because she'll tell me to do something and then I'll be like, ah, maybe. And then my buddy will tell me to do something. And I'm like, oh, dude, you're right. And my wife will be like, no, damn it. Said <laughs> that? Was, I told you that that was my idea. And it's like, but it's cool because that's kind of how like the, you know, you're, when you have an event like Accelerate, like this amazing event that Pattern holds, I mean, certainly one of the byproducts is like it just elevates the community as a whole. Yeah. And Salt Lake is this really crazy under, like it's a really, it's really like an underdog, like underground, like nobody really knows. Like, I, I mean, people know we're here, right? But like so many things happen in Salt Lake that I'm like, wow, this is insane. And nobody else knows about it. And so being able to do that and like elevate just the community, you know, again, I'm sure you guys are very successful of this, you know, as, as an entity, but yeah, it's really cool to see it as a community thing. Even though you weren't there, you still found it. <laughs> right. you know? Well, you know, because yeah. it was the thing. I've been telling people, I'm like, podcasting is a really great way to grow your SEO, to grow your business, blah, 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 blah. And then Neil Patel gets on stage and says it. And then they <laughs> get two phone calls later. <laughs> They're like, okay, you were right. And I was like, I know. The cool I'm glad that <laughs> the cool guy said, yeah, Neil Patel is amazing. I, I mean, <laughs> kudos like obviously but you know but it's it's just cool because like um you know events are just one of those things that just yeah. can elevate elevate just a community that that needs it you you uh what what's the coolest event you've ever done if we can take a moment of levity um i feel like uh, i would have i have to say accelerate in general oh that's a really cool one because, like it was a huge feat for a small team to put that event on last year and to be a part of it. I will say a little bit to separate from the business aspect. Um, before I moved to Utah and started working at Pattern, I worked in the community nonprofit space. Mm -hmm. And I worked at a company called the Downtown Dayton Partnership. Most major cities have that partnership. They work on business development for the city. Um, and so I planned large scale community events there and we did the annual Christmas tree lighting every year, 40,000 people at it with like the entire downtown was just activated with the entertainment and reindeer and wow, the giant, like 60 foot tall Christmas tree lit up there. <laughs> So my like little nonprofit heart that kind of misses that yeah. space a little bit, I would say for sure accelerate best event I've put on. But yeah, well, like magic of Christmas, you got a the Dayton Holiday Festival favorite event. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Um, that yeah. Well, I mean, and by the way, I think it's totally fine to say accelerate. I mean, being able to get some of those big names because at some point, well, here's what people don't realize. Um, I think about like doing these celebrity things is like, oh, you know, cause a lot of the friends I talk to who aren't in this space or who don't, or do, who do, excuse me, or who don't like interact or try to get people on their stage. It's like a lot of these celebrities, like you, you really can't pay them enough. Like if they don't want to do it, 
a million, like, you know, yeah. money doesn't matter. And so, which is a very interesting, like shift on mm -hmm. how to like get somebody to your event, because that's yeah. what a lot of people don't understand. It's like, even if, even if they, it's like a good example, like that everybody would know is like Joe Rogan, like you couldn't pay Joe Rogan any amount of money to have, to be on his podcast. He won't let he, he doesn't care and he doesn't need it. And that's, what's so interesting. And what changes about the term in my, in my opinion has changed the meaning of like the term relationship and like bringing value to people because you know, some of these people, and, and, and I don't know if you've reached out to people and they said no or whatever, but I know I have, and it's like, yeah. Oh, well I can, I can pay or whatever. And they're like, nah, we don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're either, it. you know, when people are like, man, that contractor is like three times as much as the other one. And they're like, yeah, cause he doesn't want to do the job. And so he'll <laughs> do the job, but you're right. Yeah. There are, it, I feel like they either have to care about the event. They have to care about what you're asking them to do. Right. Or they just don't do it at all or they'll do it if they don't care, but only for a certain amount of money. So I feel yeah, like we have, yeah, yeah. we for sure gotten shut down. We've had like long lists of people that we would like to bring <laughs> on stage and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't at all. Yeah. Um, right. But I think that when we have been looking at, celebrities that specifically work with a brand and are on e-commerce and maybe have a connection with pattern working with an aspect of their brand already there's already that like connection that yeah this because they know that we can add value in that space and we care about what they're saying not just because they're a celebrity but because of what they can bring to the table yeah which is again like that's why i'm not really mad when celebrities come to events is because most of them, you know, most of them in these business settings want to be known for their business acumen, not necessarily their acting resume or X, Y, Z resume. Right. Like they really want, like, it's interesting because I've reached out to a few people for my podcast and I've been like, Hey, you know, and I've got rejected because I didn't do my homework well enough, which is on me, which is fine. But like, you know, because I'll reach out to somebody and, Hey, I want to talk to you about this. And they're like, actually, I don't like talking about that at all. Ooh. Like I actually want to change my brand to this. So, and I'm like, dang, <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's yep. good. It's good for you. I think, I think rejection is good for people. Uh, Same. Uh, you know what I mean? It's just, it's healthy. You, you got to know, like, if you don't get a couple no's, um, I don't know if you're, what you're doing, right. You're not selling anything worthwhile. So, yeah. uh, but, but anyway, I think that's really, I think that's really fun. What made you want to like get into events? You said you, you, before we were talking a little bit before we hit record that you, uh, you know, your, your resume started in high school. What was the first event you threw? Yeah. In high school, I was a part of the statewide Ohio Association of Student Councils as my school's Very cool. uh, student body president and student council president. And we, the OASC, the Ohio Association of Student Councils, um, every year hosts a, among other events, hosts a state conference. And each year the state conference is hosted at a different school that is a part of the association. So it brings in, um, man, we're really digging into the archives. I, I think yeah. like 500 student council students from across the state, wow. like come to your school for four days. And they have to like stay in random people's houses throughout the community. So we are like Whoa. not only putting <laughs> on this like multi-day conference for a bunch of kids at the school, but we're also like 
cold calling community members of like, hey, can uh, six high schoolers stay at your house? Oh, heck and, yeah. But I mean, we had speakers come and we had like wow. activities for everybody and obviously I had to house and feed everybody. So, yeah. um, and I led the planning for that and had no idea I wanted to go into events. Honestly, at that yeah. time, when I thought of an event planner, I honestly could only like think of wedding planners Weddings, because that's yeah. the only thing you kind of like hear about or see on television or anything. And I was yeah. like, I don't really want to play weddings. That sounds like too much drama. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of like shifted. I was still planning large scale events in college and um, was studying international marketing and human resources and sociology none of which are like super event focused. And then sure, uh, my first job that I applied for, I actually applied to be in their um, recruitment space. And during my interview, they were like, we actually have an opening on the events team. Is that something you might be interested in? And I was like, actually, yeah, that sounds great. And so it was yeah. kind of accidental that that just Very continued cool. like through my first real <laughs> job after college. And then, been cruising in that direction ever since and it's been wow. really have a lot of different like i said i came from the nonprofit space and um have done yeah. like the community event thing my first job was in the automotive industry of reynolds and reynolds doing like oh. uh, trade shows and things like that yep. so then i like hopped back obviously into you know, the tech field and the e-commerce yeah. realm here so i feel like i've been lucky to have kind of a wide range of event experience as well to draw from Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I was in the automotive industry forever. I know Reynolds and Reynolds very well. Nice. I actually got, oh, I actually got the like, I actually got the, like the last round of interviews to be one of their outside salespeople, and it didn't work out. But whatever. dang, we could have crossed paths in a totally different way. This is maybe weird. I just yeah. really like thinking about like the parallel universe thing and like one decision yeah. that you make just totally could change the entire path of your life right <laughs> yeah. conversations like this and like man someday we could have been like working at the same company in ohio it, it, it <laughs> weird like we were close though because i was i remember having that conversation yeah. i remember being like what the fuck anyway hey w interesting question though yeah. um i'm gonna take a side tangent we're long enough into the podcast i think we can yeah. uh you're from ohio yeah oh very cool uh i'm from iowa so I love to ask this question. People Everybody get Ohio up all the time. Don't, don't they? Don't they? <laughs> you'll, you'll say, I'm from Ohio. And they'll be like, wow, Hawkeyes. You're like, missed Later, a letter. they'll be like, oh, yeah, Emily's from Iowa. And I'm like, I'm <laughs> I know. They'll, they'll tell me. They'll, they'll, I'll be like, I'm from Iowa. They're like, oh, go Buckeyes? I'm like, no. <laughs> I was like, not really. Oh, Same I region, right? Um, but I know it's so funny. What, what, uh, you can't, when did you come to Utah? I mean, I, you don't have to get yeah. very specific a couple of years ago or oh, super interesting, I guess, kind of, because I moved here in November of 2019, which if you'll oh. recall, was four months before the world shut down. Yeah. For, yeah, for real. <laughs> so Mandel, okay. was, well, we were moving across the country, um, <laughs> to a place where we, a city we had only been to one time ever. Um, mm -hmm. We spent a lot of time in Moab, but I had only been to Salt Lake once, started yeah. a new job, new group of friends, and then like all of a sudden the entire world changes. It's weird. Yeah, you're like, you holy do. crap. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. What was, uh, what was one, were there any big culture sh shocks that you had moving from Ohio to Utah? I just feel like anybody listening to this knows the answer to that question. <laughs> like, is it religion? 
Um, yeah, I wouldn't have called it out necessarily as that until I knew more. But honestly, sure. I just didn't know. Come, I yeah, well, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't do the research. <laughs> in general that the lbs church was um large here but honestly mm-hmm. didn't know that much about it and mm-hmm. coming from um the midwest where my previous job oh, she cussed up a storm and meeting <laughs> was just really Listen, this is what people this is what people don't understand about the midwest is uh is if you don't swear they don't trust you <laughs> yeah i'm being i'm it's legitimate like yeah oh you're you know what i mean and then and then you know you kind of know and then uh yeah like so super transparent like i'm i'm lds but i'm from iowa like our bishop swore at the pulpit our young men's leader took a smoke yeah. break during church like that's just religion that we we're factory far, like that's the backbone of america that's what you get that's what you sign up for when you go there and so yeah, yeah it's it's different it's really different yeah, there's yeah, there's different cultures everywhere, right? Like there's different yeah. cultures within the LDS yeah. space, like you just said. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I think it was mostly just like working, coming into <laughs> work in a company that like was not cussing in meetings generally, maybe a little right. bit, there, but not like I had Just kidding. And I don't know. I would like maybe cuss That's just funny. kind of accidentally and. It yeah. was never from a place of like judgment or we don't want you to cuss, but a more yeah. of shock of like, oh, I'm not used to like hearing that in a meeting. Right, like, right, right. I need right. more when I'm doing like. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally get it because I do the same thing. Like, I'll just be well, well, and to be fair, like my first job was in the automotive industry, and if you've ever been in a dealership, it's like that's that's yeah. its own culture by itself. <laughs> it doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. dealership because again it but but it's funny because yeah i i had a job where i i lived here in utah but i would go back to iowa and we would and we were our main thing was like selling big industrial metal equipment to like factories and i had to pick it back up because i i for real i remember one time i kind of lost it for a little bit and i and i didn't say any swear words or anything and the guy just looked at me and he was like are you hey he, he really stopped the conversation he was like it's just me and you buddy like you don't got to do this shit <laughs> And I was like, oh, that's right. I'm back. And then we just got together. <laughs> I, had some time. I had that like exact same experience. <laughs> my best friend from home. She is like so sweet. Just like the sweetest yeah. woman you will ever meet. She like really has a um, very Christian upbringing in life. And yeah. um, we were out to dinner maybe like a year after I'd moved here. We went out to dinner and she was like, yeah, they just didn't fucking know what was going on. And I was <laughs> physically flinching <laughs> and then catching myself flinching and being like, oh my gosh, what's happened to me? <laughs> and the same thing of like, okay, I got it. Just find yeah. the balance here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of like an on and off button where you're like, yeah. oh, it's my buddies. Like I like from back home, like I know I can, what I can do, right? And then yeah. like work, like I switch, I flip this. One. No, that's just funny. Cause like, I love talking to people from the Midwest. Cause I would love to go back. But like, I think as you kind of know, it's just a different, it's like Utah kind of, is kind of weird, man. Kind of sucks in a little bit. Like there's not a lot of sales jobs in the Midwest, you know? Yeah. Like it's just kind of weird. It's kind of fun. I'm sure there's more opportunities for you. And do you ever have plans on going back? Um, 
Do you miss it? Not, and it's not because of the culture or anything. It's because of the like geography. We, my husband and I, yeah. just we love to climb and we love to backpack and ski and snowboard. And in Ohio, those things are just not readily available <laughs> here. They're just like at your front door. So we'll right, right. We stay in Salt Lake. We'll definitely stay out west just for the activities for sure. I think so. I think that's very fun. Yeah, I, I you you remember growing up and they'd be like that. You know, there's there's a mountain. But you're well, like, no, that's more of a hill, right? But see, it's different though, because in Utah or like out west, they'll be like, that's a river. And you're like, no, no, no. I grew up on the Mississippi River or like the Ohio River. That's a river. This, I'm yeah. like, this is a stream that is maybe a is a puddle. Yeah, that's right. That's right. They're like, oh, it's a river. Mm, I don't think so. That's not a real river. It's just funny though, isn't it? Yeah. I love that. You know what I miss most? <laughs> Go ahead. Lightning bugs. Yes. Oh my gosh. My, my babies, my kids, uh, my wife and I grew up, my wife is from Illinois. I'm from Iowa. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lightning bugs, man. Uh, we took our kids back one time and they were, so they had seen that Disney movie princess and the frog. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they were, were like, Oh, those lightning bugs. And my, and my daughter would be like, Oh, those aren't real. Or, and so, but we never really talked to him. We we go back in the summertime wow. and, and see him. And my, and my daughter thought like, she's like, dad, did you get these from the movie? And I'm like, no, these are real. Yeah. And they're, and it was like, yeah, you pick the tails off and like stick yeah. them over you or whatever. Well, for that story, I was literally going to say it, they, when you haven't grown up with them, they feel like they were pulled out of a Pixar movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My daughter didn't believe me that they were real. I'm like, no, sweetie, they're right. real. Like go catch one. And like when you're driving down the freeway at night and everything just starts lighting, lighting up. Yeah. That's cool. Oh. That's a good one that, you know, you from the Midwest, if you know, oh, lightning bugs, yeah. but like, I don't know, you just, cause if you're not a, I've also bought friends out to the Italy. Midwest and, and they just can't believe, I mean, it's not as cool as, as magical as your, as my daughter who's never seen it, but, but they're yeah. like, wow, I didn't know those were real. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> that's cool well let's uh let's do this <clears throat> because uh i really love loved your story i loved hearing everything um if somebody wants to throw an event yeah uh i guess where do you start well i think you would start with the goals of what that event um is trying to like bring in for you yeah. Uh, that we talked about a little bit earlier. And then I would say from a logistical standpoint, then it's just like, what kind of budget do you have? And what kind of experience are you trying to create? Because events can be anything from doing a podcast or a roundtable discussion or yeah. seeing a webinar, or they could be something as large as Accelerate. And there's hundreds <laughs> and hundreds of choices in between. So yeah, I would say just figuring out the goals and how much money you want to spend on it and what kind of experience you're trying to give the uh, people that would be attending your event. Yeah, I, I do have a dream of doing a uh, a live podcast. Not that it's unique, but I just want to do it because it's on my bucket list. You should do it do on like stage a, sometime as a yeah. like live event interview on stage and then yes. as a podcast episode. Yeah. Yes, mm -hmm. I, I know it's going to happen one day, one day. I'm actually trying to plan it. Uh, so sneak peek, cool. um, it, it's called, it's called beyond the mic, but, uh, but I think it'd be really fun just because, yeah, you just get a unique experience. I think one thing that I really love about like speak people who speak is like, you never get the same speech twice, even though it's like the same speech, Come on. it's just different. You know what I mean? Like, so that's why I love, I love interviews. Like 
I, I could interview anybody because it's just, you don't ever get the same interview twice. And it doesn't yeah. really matter if you interview people from the same thing. Yeah. So that's kind of, that's kind of the magic too of like, and why, and why I'm glad we got connected is just like, you know, accelerates coming up. It's not going to be the same as the last year. Well, I'm sure. Yeah. People's though, experiences even, are vast, like yeah. an experience you're having at an event, like accelerate for sure. But <laughs> in general, just with what you're saying with interviews, like, everybody has such a different life path that they've taken yeah. that have accidentally landed them like both on a podcast together you know? <laughs> um, or both in automotive yeah. industry. <laughs> that's yeah, dude. Yes. It's no, that's cool, really cool. For sure. I really like that. Well, tell everybody about accelerate where they can get tickets, yeah. uh, dates, all that good stuff because we want to do that. And then how they can follow you. If they're like, dude, Emily's badass. go follow Thanks. Emily. Appreciate that. Um, so People can check out accelerationsummit.com. You can also find it at pattern.com if that is a little bit easier for Google to remember. <laughs> um, and I'll share a discount code with you two after this. Don, if you're interested in sharing yeah. that with the episode, people can get 20% off of their tickets. The dates are May 10th and 11th. We'll have, like we mentioned, we'll have Jessica Alba and Michael Phelps on stage, but we'll also have 40 other game-changing um, speakers across eight different tracks. We'll have four tracks per day. So wow. it's a two-day event. Um, we'll also have a cool little like uh, classic circus-themed casino night for um, the like, kind of networking attendee experience. So we'll have some live entertainment wow. there, which will be cool. There will be, if we I get the permit through, we'll have a fire eater on stage. <laughs> Heck yeah. yeah. Let's go. That's cool. That's cool. No. Wow. And you're, and you're head of, uh, head of planning the event. Yes. Good night. That's awesome. Good for you. Holy cow. Thanks. That's incredible. Well, all right. Well, thank you so much, Emily, for being here. I really appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you having me. Thanks.